This is Oh Man Rolling Dice. Welcome to Old Man Rolling Dice. This is Jeremy, as usual, and I have my co-host Jason with me. And we are joined today by Michael. Uh, Michael's an old friend, but he's also a priest and pastor of the Immaculate Church in Formosa, Ontario, which is a little distance from where Jason and I are located. But Michael's an, an old friend. We game regularly together still. Dungeons and Dragons, as well as Warhammer, and we used to play Rifts back in the day. I don't know if you remember that. I used to drive to Michael's house uh, to play my juicer in his Rift game. Uh, which was fantastic. I still have my Rift books. That's a, that's a game we could maybe touch on at some point, Blast from the Past. We're going to talk today about positive influences that gaming has had on our lives, and maybe uh, you've experienced similar influences in your own life. We, it, you know, always... You can drop us a comment on Instagram or Facebook and let us know what positive influences you've had with gaming, whether that be role-playing games, miniature war gaming, board gaming. Uh, you tell us. We, we'd love to hear from you. So let, let's jump right into it, guys. Positive influences that gaming's had. We talked a little bit before we started, and so I know that we're all kind of on the same page here. This one just popped at me while we were talking. I know there's a lot of things we're going to talk about, but this is actually one that's near and dear to both, all three of us, in terms of positive, is um, the sense of community and what DM Jeremy has done with Heroes for CF and building that community up through the, the gaming community. So I know um, Michael, very heavily involved uh, with uh, Jeremy in that particular charity, and uh, I participated every year this run. So That's a good point. Um, I'm yeah. Sorry. I didn't even think about that coming just thought of it while we're doing the intro i'm like that's probably like the, we will certainly literally. we will certainly touch on heroes for cf then uh during the course of this discussion i'm sure because i think that is a that's an excellent example of sort of where where gaming has taken us let's start with michael though michael we've known each other a long time but uh, and i and i think i know the answer to most of this but what kind of positive influences or put it forwards has uh, gaming given to you well, I, we were, as we were talking before, I think that uh, like the two things on the two things on my uh, I would say uh, gaming has contributed. Number one is as a hobby, right? Like uh, all the all the research say is going on these days that really promotes the the benefit of people having a hobby. Um, the, the mental health, uh, stress relief, and all that kind of stuff goes without saying. And and you see, you see, I mean, even even in, in the world around us, we see a lot of people uh, engaging in gaming as as their relief as their as their stress relief as their their way of escaping from the monotony of, of their of their world or whatever mm -hmm. and uh, and i know that i need it like i know that those gaming sessions that we have and uh you know like i mean life as a priest is, is isn't any more busy than anyone else but but really it it, it you need those times where you can just say you know what <laughs> i need a break mm -hmm. and you, it, it takes you somewhere else, right? Like the hobby, it takes you somewhere else, right? Yeah, I think and I think I think that's like I agree with you that the hobbies give you that opportunity to escape the crap of the real world, and I think role playing games are particularly good at that. Uh, I know some people like I think that's why I think that's one of the reasons why superhero movies, even of late, have had a lot of popularity, is it's just a blatant escape from you know the the world that has 
emerged in 2020. Uh, obviously, superhero <laughs> movies have been popular longer than that, but I mean, I think there's uh, there's just there's a population out there that wants they don't they don't want necessarily they don't necessarily want a diversion they, like escape is the right word i think they just want to be something or do something else than the sort of the monotony of uh of regular working day life well you you touched on that you touched on a soft spot a, a hot topic with me there with superheroes because i love them i think they're i think they're the best movies out there mm-hmm. and um, I've, I've heard a lot of, like, I've read a lot of, I heard a lot of, and read a lot of critics to saying that these aren't real movies, that this isn't real cinema, yes, blah, 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 yes. blah, blah. But the reality is, is that those movies inspire people, right? And uh, again, I'm not, I'm not going to try and be that that Christian guy that throws my religion down people's throats all the time. But the, I, I can't help see that that there's 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 a lot of emptiness in people's souls. They're looking for something to follow. They're looking for something to inspire them. And the superhero movies are like the last bastion where like virtues are being promoted, right? Like you, you watch almost every other movie. You've got the, what, what, in our, when we were growing up, the people that we would have considered bad guys are now the good guys. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's as good as the world can give us right now, right? Like the, the, and they all have a backstory. They all have this reason for being who they are yeah, i think anti-hero is a is a popular yeah um stereotype or yeah, yeah. jason you want to say something yeah i think the you... really neat part about this is when you think about it i mean mental health absolutely is one important thing probably more so in the last six months of most of our lives than, than in any other time the great part about movies and how i think it relates to um the role-playing game is that sense of escapism that sense of you know sort of detoxing your body mentally and the best part is what when i watch a movie or read a book i'm participating in somebody else's story i'm i'm stepping into their shoes and i'm walking through role-playing games take that same ability and i get to write my own story Mm -hmm. i'm suddenly i'm like it's like writing my own mini movie Mm -hmm. that i'm you know i'm writing the script and i'm participating in rather than just sort of observing instead of uh I think anything that sort of stimulates creativity is a really, really good form of sort of uh, mental health exercise. And it it lets us answer the what if. What if I could do this? What kind of person would I be? And 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 again, like not not to be too pessimistic about things, but but think of how many people are in situations that they like, especially in twenty twenty. How many people are in situations that they have absolutely no control over? and how how much social pressure and how much like you know all this anxiety causing issues are in their lives and then all of a sudden like there's an opportunity to be that that paladin that steps up and says i'm not going to let you take on this little guy or or i'm not going to let you cr- crush this this kingdom this these innocent people or whatever or wielding the power of the wizard you know kind of thing where where i'm going to i'm going to make sure that that i protect the people that i'm supposed to be protecting and fight for the people like you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of very like like people. My my belief in people is that in general they're good, and that most people have within themselves a great sense. There's there's a personal heroism in people, and uh, they're not always recognized for that. But in a role playing game, you can do something directly that really reflects what's going on inside. Like you can say no, I'm you know like you can be that hero that you want to be. You know, and that's like, like like Jason says, that's that's. And I think great... that, and I think that's where the bridge to superhero movies comes in too. You get to be the hero. 
Like when you watch the movie, you get to follow the hero. And in role-playing games, you get to be the hero. I, I think that idea of, I don't have to be a number. I don't have to be the person in the crowd. I can be the person who slays the dragon. I can be the person who saves the kingdom. I can be the person who defeats the otherworldly power, uh, whether it be Thanos or, you know, Demogorgon. It doesn't matter. You get to make a difference. And I think maybe people are denied that opportunity to just feel like they've made a difference. Um, or even still, like, I can be the guy that leads the group, right? Because how mm. many people, how many people have we met gaming that have fantastic leadership potential? And it just kind of sits there because their job or whatever doesn't allow it. They're not senior enough or they haven't been doing it long yeah. enough, or whatever. Yeah. Well, in a role-playing game, when you sit at the table with the first level character, you're all the same. Like you might have chosen different races and different classes, yeah. but you're all the same. Like you're, you're, I think there's a TED talk where a guy sort of goes through what sort of job skills can be trained in role-playing games. And, yeah. and it's things like that. It's leadership, it's initiative, it's problem solving. Problem it, solving. It's, uh, it, it's things like that. You know, it's interesting. We talked about like with 2020 sort of isolating people and them needing this escape. And the, the funny thing is, it's never like right now, if you follow all the rules of COVID and such, it's very getting together at a table and playing Dungeons and Dragons is not really an incur like it goes against those rules. So people are like flocking in numbers to like, we're using zoom right now to record this podcast. People are playing Dungeons and Dragons all over zoom discord. Um, you name the platform. There are people figuring a way to play Dungeons and Dragons on it or, or any other role playing game for that matter. So this need to connect right now is very, very high. I think, and uh, and even with all these barriers to connect, I mean, this is the true this is the true test of the geek, right? How much do you need to play Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, I would have never thought to play online, and now I'm I think I'm relatively proficient in Roll Twenty. I'm running games on Roll Twenty, uh, not not to plug Roll Twenty. I mean, but that just happens to be the platform I'm using. But I know uh, Michael, your brother, is using Fantasy Grounds. Like, th there's so many platforms out there, and everyone is becoming really fluent in how they work. It will be interesting to see that when all this is done, do we actually come back to the table, or do people continue to use these uh, these platforms? I hope we go back to the table. I I, I, I do too. Yeah, I really think that that's a, a super huge part of it is that interaction. I understand that there's different beyond uh, the COVID and beyond um, mm. you know the pandemic. There's geographical situations and issues. Like tonight, what we're doing right now would have been very difficult to arrange on a weeknight, right? Just, yeah. just because of the distances. But I really think that a huge part of what makes it great and what provides sort of that mental health aspect is the, the social interaction you get from being in a room with people. There's a different vibe. You can feel it, right? Oh, when you're in the same room, I think it's different. And that kind of brings us to another thing that we talked about, a positive role-playing games sort of, it, it makes a community. It, it, it's, it's undeniable. Like when I was in high school and maybe role-playing the most that I've ever role-played before, I was role-playing, I think every day at 
lunch in the in in con a teacher into letting us use their room at lunch hour and we would get together and role play for the you know lunch was only like an hour long and we would run an hour of dungeons and dragons or an hour of vampire or whatever game we were playing one hour sessions all week long and then we would still play together on the weekends or in the evenings uh and and there was this community that came about and i think community i mean when we all started playing the internet was not a thing so community was literally physical contact with other people seeing other people getting together with other people being social and i mean now it's on a much broader scale with the internet and everything and and there's lots of positives for that but one of the but for me i mean in high school being an awkward kid this was an opportunity to immediately have friends it didn't matter who you are boy girl where you where your family was from you know you're a new kid at school no problem come play dungeons and dragons with us the moment that someone said i'm a gamer there was a bond there <laughs> i think mean, i think michael and i actually met in i think we were in the library and yeah. somehow we got on topic about that you gamed and i gamed and yeah, it was, was just it's just a done deal at that point we're friends we're at the same school we both play games yeah, uh, I was at, I, I was kicked out of Ancaster High School, right? And then uh, they they took me in at Highland, and then there we were <laughs> talking about D and D and that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, let's. And then you like come to our game, come to our game, I'm like, all right, yeah. And from then on, you know. Uh, Jason and I met over uh, a collectible card game down down in Hamilton, playing uh, World okay. of Warcraft collectible card game. Not realizing that we actually lived two minutes from each other in the same small town. That's right. Outside of Hamilton. We were in the same town outside of Hamilton. We meet in Hamilton playing a game and suddenly there's an instant bond there. I think in fact that night we decided we were going to hook up to play cards in Paris rather than driving to Hamilton. I think so. I think so. I still miss that game. It was a great it was a great time. Oh. Other than collectible card games ruining my bank account. I love that game. <laughs> You're a lot more all in with games than I am. I, I'm I'm casual. Oh, well, I don't dip a toe. I don't dip my toe. I plunge in. But really, that I mean, piece. you you can go anywhere now, meet someone that games, and there's just a connection. Like you get it. Right. And, and the, the community is definitely larger, I think, than it ever has been. It's huge. And there was a time where we all assumed that we were all like sort of basement trolls, right? I was like, yeah. And all of a sudden now, there's all these uh, there's all these celebrities that uh, you know play Dungeons and Dragons, and and suddenly we don't feel so. You know, there was a time where it was like we were all sort of the the trolls in our mom's basement uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons with our friends, and now it, it's hit mainstream, and the sense of community has just blossomed. And but there's there, there there's an attractiveness there too. Not it's not just the gameplay. I think I think there's attractiveness, like as you say, to the community. Like I'm part of I'm part of at least two online gaming. Uh, three actually. I'm a part of three online gaming groups. With every group that I'm a part of, there's like a check-in session right before the game starts. Right where so how are you guys doing today? The DM usually like how are you guys doing today? What's going on in your life? And you know like you know and there's there's a legitimate kind of uh, concern the happiness of the people that are in your group right like mm -hmm. it's it's not just let's just get to the dice and like 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 online poker right you just let's get together play poker and then then i don't care who's i'm gonna take your money no matter what you know 
and in D and D, like, yeah, my character might end up killing your character tonight, but I still care about you as a person. You know, right. it's not just a gaming group. It suddenly becomes its own its own specific social circle, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it develops into something more. If you, I would challenge anyone to play through a campaign with a group of people that they do not know at the start. So join a group, play through a campaign with them, and I dare you not to consider them friends at the end. There is something about the game that by the end, everybody's calling everybody else friends. DM uh, at the at the store in Brantford, uh, the Devil's Bench, I have made so many people, met so many people, and made so many friends from <clears throat> simply being their dungeon master. And at the store... Uh, go a step further they're they're paying to be there and yet at the by the end of the campaign i mean they're my friends on facebook i'm chatting with them a lot of them have ended up coming to my health house to play in one shots or uh, other mini campaigns it just kind of bridges out like they're it's strange it's not like I, I i would i would bet it's with all hobbies right like if if you get a group of rc guys together that probably doesn't stay just an RC group. Before long, they're having beers together. Uh, you know, they're they're talking about more than just RC cars. And I think Dungeons and Dragons groups, role playing groups, gaming groups, whatever you want to call them, I think the same thing happens. And it's a it, it and it's it's healthy for people, and it's a it's a huge benefit. I've seen guys with so much anxiety or fear of the world out there. They show up at the store and decide to sit in on a game. And next thing you know, they're playing the game. And before long, they're out of their shell. And they're totally different people. Nothing nothing else had that kind, like, just the impact of being a part of a little community and getting some confidence under you. To, to go out and actually talk to people or to uh, socialize with people. And... Um, yeah, and it just if, grows. If you, talk, if you talk to people who own like brick and mortar stores or or like run them for a big company like Games Workshop or something like mm -hmm. that, you you find out you find out how much a part of like their their philosophy, giving somebody giving people a place to come to to do those kind of things is right. Like, and I, I see this again. I see this as a parallel to church. I mean, like like they they really want people to come to their to their establishment, mm -hmm. forget their worries. Mm -hmm. roll some dice together have a few laughs and and just enjoy themselves but that's it, also something that's grown don't you think because like if if the three of us think back we're all we're we're all plus 40 i mean the podcast is called old men rolling dice for a reason <laughs> so there is a good ch yeah even maybe higher than well, you're not above 50 are you I'm are you 50? 50 jason's yeah. 50 i'm almost 50 yeah. okay well you know, some are older than others here. <laughs> some, are, some, are, but, some are vintage, some are not. But when we were kids, would you not agree that most gaming stores did not have a place to play? I mean, I'm thinking of the popular one in Hamilton. Are we allowed to say names here? Yeah, know? sure. So I'm thinking of Bayshore Hobbies in Hamilton. Right? There was nowhere to play there. Yeah, but they had the gaming club in the basement, right? Yeah, but it, it was sort of hit and miss. Like, you wouldn't open a gaming store now without having a gaming table. No, oh, sure. Yeah, see. When they went to their when they went to their concession street location, they had like video games set up to play to play on. They had, yes, they, it was moving in that direction, mm -hmm. and I have to say that Rose 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 as a as a store owner got to know us, 
And oh yeah. You could walk into her store and like 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 that was the hub of gaming in all of Hamilton at the time. You, you would go at the time and you would go into there and she would say and she would know what comics you collected and she would know what games you were following. Uh, okay, I love Rose. I I'll go on record here. I love that woman. However, she some of it I'm sure was she was just being a good businesswoman. Well, for sure. Right? If she knows what you like, then she can put it on the shelf. And but, especially but back then when the internet wasn't around, I mean, if she got to know you, she could anticipate when a book came out if you would buy it. Yeah. But I but I think like even now, Black Knight Games is a big uh, store in Hamilton. Uh, the Devil's Bench in Brantford. What's the one up in Kitchener? Uh, J, J and J Hobbies. J and J Hobbies. I think they, they beautiful don't, store. Yeah. They don't they don't have gaming tables. I was actually <laughs> thinking, what's it called? Round Table. Oh. Mm-hmm. In Kitchener. See, for uh, me, it was a totally different experience because I grew up in a small town. We didn't have a gaming store. Like, there was nowhere you could go and just pick up something. I don't even think there was anything in Brant County. And I think to a degree that made the ability to establish friendships even more because there wasn't even necessarily a group at the high school. Like there was, So if you wanted to play, you had not only had to meet somebody, but that person had to invite you into their home. Like you had to take them. So now you're meeting somebody's mother, their father, their sister. I mean, you had, you don't just invite somebody into your home that you don't feel like there's a certain amount of connection with. Right. That's right. That's Um, right. But call me, tell me if I'm wrong at that time, you were so desperate to find another person to game with (laughs) that it didn't matter. You would you would push yourself out of your comfort in your social circle. Exactly. Sure. And we talked about this a few minutes ago. But don't you think I, that's a positive too? Like there are well, some I'm, people that I met through gaming that I would never socially. Yes. And this is what we just talked about a second ago. <laughs> it, it's a huge positive in that it, it forces you to be social. Maybe people who yeah. weren't. I really honestly believe that social skills are like a muscle. They, they get stronger the more you use them. Right. And I think that that took people who maybe didn't have a lot of that ability mm-hmm. and you're right it sort of baby stepped them in and it said there's something i want to do and i'm so interested in and the only way i can make it happen is if i get up and initiate that and set that thing in motion i mean it was huge i have seen people come running open games in a public place like like at the store or if i am running in uh, there was a time i ran games at the library in dundas if you just invite someone in like that, you can watch them come in this timid little thing and then they kind of just grow and blossom. And before long, like they're the loudest person at the table. And it's simply, there's, there's some like comfort level stuff there, like just getting comfortable. But I mean, in the end, if that person never gets a chance to explore that side of them, never gets a chance to be loud and voice. If Jim is always quiet, Jim, but on Saturday nights, he's not Jim. He's Torok the warrior, and he is the loudest person at the table. I mean, there's got to be something good he's taking out of that. There, There is a positive. I'm not a psychologist or writer, but th- there's something good happening there. That they're getting to be, be expressive like that, and uh, there, and there's value in that. It's, it's more than just, uh, it's more than just, oh, I got an escape. I Not only did I get to escape crap of life but i got to be a side i got to show and be a side of me that i don't get to do very often creativity yeah i think so 
I think so. I mean, I've seen it in my, my own son. My own son, very, my my oldest son, very quiet, very withdrawn, uh, very, um, uh, like, a good night for him is just in front of his computer in his bedroom uh, watching YouTube or playing some video games. That's a good night for him. But if we invite him out to play D&D with us, he's all over that kind of transforms a bit and becomes a very a very different creative he makes he sometimes even tries on funny voices i mean i just i see a different side of him that i that i don't see on a regular basis so i know and it's a good thing i just don't know what you call that other than the, the opportunity to explore more of what is you well it, it's it's play right like i mean it's playing like like one of the one of the things that that when we were growing up one of the things that um, we were, at least I felt that I was expected to do was, was when you grow up, you had to put all your toys on the shelf and then just do adult stuff, right? Which was drink beer, watch sports, go to work, mm-hmm. get married, have kids, and all that kind of stuff. And then, and there's, there's the expectation of life was just, was, was mechanical, right? It was mechanical. And, and, it, and like I said, I'm not a psychologist either. But I mean, there's, there's a lot of value to just playing. Like, I mean, how many times do people just have fun at work with what they do, you know, like past jokes or whatever, because, because people really want to play, you know, animals want to play. Like even adult animals sit there with their cubs or their kittens or whatever it is. And they play with them because it's just part of, part of what we are as as living creatures. Yeah, I think you're right. It's an invite to play to. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, let's touch on let's talk let's touch on Heroes for CF because Heroes for CF is not an isolated incident. I've seen role playing games sort of be used as a way to generate uh, funds for charities time and time again. The genesis of Heroes for CF came out of I wanted to raise more money for my daughter who has cystic fibrosis. If if I I think I've mentioned that before on the podcast, but wanting to raise more money and going okay. I know how to I know how to D and D, so how do I now use that to generate funds for CF? And I mean, it, I I won't get into sort of how every little bit of Heroes for CF works, but what I will tell you is that it it has go- gone from an event that was only four tables strong to you know the last one that we ran prior to COVID was over ten tables. I think it was eleven maybe 11 tables with you know half a dozen players on every table so you know all, we're getting we're getting up over 50 we're over well over 50 people we're headed towards 100 it went from raising three thousand dollars on the first time around to almost uh, almost fifteen thousand on the last one which is uh, staggering it's far beyond anything i had ever thought it could do and i mean the sky seems to be the limit we can just keep pushing that but there's there's other like people are willing to come together and use their hobby their playtime to uh to generate change i definitely feel like it was one of those communities that was just looking for an opportunity to give and just hadn't maybe been acknowledged for a long time and there seems to be no barrier there's no sort of it's a very open and accepting community um it was just amazing to see what people are willing to do and not have it be sort of a traditional fundraising method. It was phenomenal. Yeah. You, the community is a bunch of decent people. You give them a good cause to, to support, they will support it. 
mm-hmm. that that when when you when you brought that idea to us when I when you when you shared that idea with me the first time, I thought it was a stroke of genius because I thought this is this this is going to be a success, you know. And I know that I know that we, the 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 event has grown over the years, mm-hmm. but I I I mean in the the first year and we had that first year you had a great success like you had a great success in raising what was it three thousand some odd dollars yeah three thousand dollars and and the plan was could we maybe get five hundred out of this thing could we raise oh, five hundred dollars and and I think I remember telling you like I, I I said you'll be surprised how much people give you you'll be surprised because and and then every year past that. And then um, when uh, when Bill came on, like he he sees he sees it too, and he's he's the smart guy, and he saw it too. He saw no, there's there's a, there's real, there's always going to be a growth potential for that because you're combining two things, you're combining a, a good group of people, who are nobly minded people, right, and mm-hmm. you're giving them something to support, which is, and in everyday life again, most people don't have something like that to support like they they they, they're they're waiting for that Mm -hmm. invitation they're waiting they're waiting to kind of be summoned to the to the call right they're they're waiting for the horn to blow and say we're we're going to war for this cause or whatever kind of thing like like i it's just it's a win-win it's a win-win situation yeah that's been another real positive outcome from for role-playing for myself we're going to talk to michael a little bit about being a a priest that plays Dungeons and Dragons and, and what his, uh, uh, sort of thoughts on that are. And I, I certainly have some questions for him, but do you guys have any other, like, there's so many, uh, we could go on and on about positive notes, but is there anything like that's really been a strong sort of this made a difference in this way? I, I'm going to, I don't know that it's a massive thing, but I find that just having that connection has kept me in touch with people that I might not have kept in touch with. It's, yeah, it's a common thread that never goes away. So even somebody that you haven't seen in 10 years, yeah. and I'll phone or, or bump into them. One of the first things will be like, so are you still gaming? Oh, yeah, I'm doing a, a first edition campaign. Like, There's that common thread that never goes away, right? There's we, We've had this history together. But it's also a lot of times if I'm going to call somebody I haven't talked to for a while, I'm going to call somebody and ask them to drive all the way into town so we can watch a movie together. But if I'm like, hey, I know there's a game going on this weekend. Would you like to come into town? I think we got an open spot at the table and spend a couple hours playing. And we've actually done that. We've had a couple. We had a, a good friend of mine from high school, my original DM, come in and, and do it. I guess seat at um, one of our sessions. And it's it's just a really great way to stay in touch with people. It gives you a reason to make that call. It gives you a reason to get together and see that person. Yeah, because rarely when I mean, not so much online. I don't find this online, but when. When we were meeting in person, I mean, you get together to play D&D, but you're maybe only 60% on topic. The other 40%, you're catching up because you haven't seen one another, finding out what went on with your week, with their week. So, and again, I think that comes back again. There's sort of a mental health, um, uh, qual- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, component, oh, yeah. I guess, a mental health component to this that I think is maybe overlooked. I know. This is not maybe mental health, but maybe it is. I, I'm a little OCD in needing to control things. I know that I like to be in control of things. It's 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 this lovely thing that my mother passed down to me that I need to, you know, I need to control stuff in my life. And being dungeon master and sitting at the head of the table, I am controlling <laughs> the I am universe. Con- I am controlling my own little world. 
and that scratches an an, an, an itch that uh, that I might not get to scratch anywhere else because I have six people's attention on me, and I can, you know, you created a monster. Oh, I I have, I have. It, it, you know what? It took me a long time to come to the realization that the reason that I like being a DM is because I like controlling. Like there's a, there's a control element to it, right? No NPC gets introduced to the story that I don't choose gets introduced to the story. Do you know what I mean? Like these little, these little things. Now people are going to be looking at me down the table when I'm DMing going, I know why he's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's interesting that you say that because I I often find myself in the role of the uh, of the DM as well, and I I I have been di- diagnosed with a, uh, a, as obsessive compulsive, not a disorder level, but I've been diagnosed as obsessive. Yes, I I didn't mean to make light of. Uh, no, 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 I, no, I am no, not no, no. I am not diagnosed with OCD, but, but I, I sometimes feel like I have some of those tendencies, and they come out with my need to control. But my, but I was gonna say, I was gonna say that my 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 love of DMing comes from me not being a very a terribly competitive person, right? So mm-hmm. uh, for for the people who get a thrill from watching their dice roll and getting that natural twenty or natural one, mm-hmm. I, I I when when I'm a player, I I like to be immersed in the story. I like to be immersed in in what the DM is or the game master is providing me. Mm-hmm. It's sort of that primal sit around the campfire. Uh, I like telling stories. No, that, that's that's good. That's really good. Can can <laughs> uh, can we end on uh, the story that you had mentioned you you wanted to tell, where you felt that Dungeons and Dragons gave you tools to work with? In was it at seminary? Yeah, yeah. So okay, so uh, going back to going back to uh, the professional development stuff and how it benefits us that way. When I was in seminary, and uh, we had we had group what was called group night, and each and every like, so we had there was there was uh, four groups in the in the seminary, each ten to twelve guys. Funny enough, how that works out, we would we'd be responsible for preparing a topic for discussion or for prayer, uh, in a night, and and we'd have to sit around a uh, sit around in our lounge, and talk and just talk about it. And when I when it came my turn to do those, I, I was proficient with it because I had a lot of experience sitting around a table with six or seven people, um, ask as a DM going through and like you know what are you doing you know and when a person spoke too long, you can cut them off politely and say that's awesome. It's time to go on to the next person's turn and and just just knowing how to uh, knowing how to manage a manage a meeting that way. And there was a guy who came up to me afterwards one time and he said. Uh, he said, "Michael, I, I, you know how to hold court. You know how to how to to preside over these kind of meetings." And I was thinking to myself, you know, I was thinking, uh, "Yeah, I, it's more like I know how to get your help. <laughs> it's more you, like I know how you, to DM a game rather than." Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, in, uh, as a DM, you you take that opportunity to point the flashlight. I call it like you're giving someone the the spotlight for a few moments. And and you and you're also practice at re- recognizing who's who's going to dominate the time, and who's never go- never going to speak up from the self to do their action, to mm-hmm. do their to take their turn, right? Though they're there's, you know the shy people at the first, they get shy because they don't want to be intrusive in that. You you recognize, you recognize and are able to read the group that you're in front of. 
That, 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 that this might be a great place to 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 leave this to, to end this because something just occurred to me. Like when we were talking about things that Dungeons and Dragons and role playing games have given us the opportunity to grow or to benefit from that have been positive influences on our life. Don't you think it's great that you're giving as a DM, you have an opportunity to give someone that maybe doesn't get to speak up and vocalize their, their life or like you get, you get to put the spotlight on them for a second and everyone at that table turns their attention to that person. Now, for some people, that's a scary thing, but just for that moment, that person gets to speak their mind, gets to make their choices and everyone is just an attentive audience. And isn't that like, to me, that seems like such a powerful moment for someone to just be able to, the table is yours. Do you know what I mean? Like and, and we're all here for you. The table is yours. And, and the comfort, the comfort that a, D, a good DM can give to his players when, because in essence, like, like, as you say, like you're, there's all these people wa watching you. And, and playing a role-playing game is public speaking. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's low-yield public speaking, but it is public speaking. But if the DM is doing their job properly, then that person, when they're speaking, is going to feel more like it's a conversation between them and the DM rather than well, them, them in front of a group of and people. And I think, I think players have an opportunity to make the, their fellow players know that they're in a safe environment and they can, you know, when they're given the floor to to act out what their character is doing, they have no worry of any kind of retribution for that. It's their time. And I, I, I think that's, yeah, I really, I, I, I really like the thought of that, that someone who never has a voice for just a moment every week or every two weeks depending on how often you play maybe once a month doesn't really matter how often for just that moment the spotlight is on them and the world is theirs a group of their peers their community they're all looking at that person and you know there's no worry of being called out or anything like that it's just it's their time and I think that's that's pretty special. I, I know that that for someone with anxiety that maybe I just painted a horrific <laughs> a horrific moment where suddenly everyone's looking at you. But I feel like you're right. If the DM's done a good job and if the players have are supportive and have created a safe place to play, then uh, wow, that's something that that I think that's really special. Agreed. 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 Absolutely. Wow. I feel very calm all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the beer. Maybe it's the beer. But uh, yeah, I think I had an aha moment there. It's like the, the, you, you get that, that one chance to be heard. And, and maybe people don't get that as, as much as they'd like to. So, uh, Michael, thank you for talking to us. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, this has been fantastic. <clears throat> As I said, I, I don't think there's that many people out there that get the opportunity to sit down and talk with a priest or pastor 
about role-playing games. I mean, I just... I, I don't know that there's that many people like you out there. I think you're sort of a... Uh, uh, you're... Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's nice to talk to somebody who's going to have a unique perspective on something. I mean... A very unique we've all perspective. Talked, we've all talked to other people who play, and, and as a community, we discuss it all the time. But it's always neat when you find somebody who whose life outside of the gaming table is at some point in time, a factor in what happens at the gaming table for them, or at least something they've had to consider. I mean, that's um, for a lot of people, this is just, I sit down, I don't think about what I'm going to say or do. It's just simply a social activity, right? To, to have to take it a step further and kind of at least apply some sort of thought or moral understanding to it, I think is a really neat perspective. I agree. I agree. Well, let's wrap it there. Awesome. And uh, and again, thank you, Michael. Jason, as always, thank you for joining uh, me for another chat. We're hoping that one day soon we'll be able to sit across from the table. One oh, another. I miss that again. That was so good. Um, I've got. Lo I've been collecting new role playing games. I see that. <laughs> I, I've got. We've talked about addiction, right? Uh, yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I've got. I've got. Uh, I picked up Champions, uh, which is a superhero role-playing game. I picked up Alien, which I'm really excited about, and I have another superhero one coming, uh, Mutants and Masterminds, that I'm gonna try to figure out. And yeah, please, if you don't already, jump over to Instagram and give us a uh, follow. Jump on Facebook, give us a like. Uh, we're also on Twitch. Our Twitch handle is a little different. It it is Twitch TV backslash DM Jeremy. And give us a follow there. We're almost to 50 followers. And maybe by the time you hear this, we're at 50 followers. We're trying to get to 50 followers to uh, get an opportunity to sort of become Twitch partners. So that we're very excited about. You can catch us playing Dungeons & Dragons on Twitch every Sunday at 6.30 p.m. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Uh, we'll sign off with our regular good night, Dick. Good night, Dick. Good night, Dick.